0: and you're listening to Podcast and Amplify, a podcast for women entrepreneurs who want to amplify their voice and brand through podcasting and grow a wildly successful business. I'm the executive producer and host and an entrepreneur, and I love helping women grow their visibility, mindset, and business to the next level. Each week, I share tips on how to launch and leverage your podcast, and I'm on the very best business leaders to give you advice on how to build your business empire. Let's amplify your voice and business. Hey listeners, welcome back to Podcast and Amplify. I'm your host, Kristen. And today I'm really excited to have our guest on the show. So today's guest is Annie Gishuru. She's a leading racial equity coach and consultant for online entrepreneurs. And she's going to talk to us all about how to become a genuine ally and advocate for people of color and if you are part of this community listen to this podcast you know that you know our mission in this show is really to elevate underrepresented voices and to be an ally i think for a lot of online business owners there can be questions around well how do i do that and how do i do it in a way that is authentic, and I'm not going to say it feels good, because I think it can be uncomfortable, and that's okay, um, but Annie's going to help us dive into this topic. I'm really excited to have her here, so welcome, Annie. Thank
1: you for having me, Kristen. I'm so happy to be here.
0: So, I love to start conversations with my guests around a pivotal moment in your life that brought you to this point, this version of you and where you're at today. Mm. For me, it
1: would be motherhood. Motherhood is what uh, completely changed my life in terms of my priorities you know i we used to work in uh, corporate uh, my background is actually in human resources and so worked in corporate australia for over 15 years in hr and uh after becoming a mom for the first time um my priorities just felt different it was no longer the desire to climb the corporate ladder it was no longer the desire to you know um kind of get into executive level and maybe even C-suite if I wanted to, it was now thinking about how can I live a life that will be more fulfilling, meaningful, how can I be a great role model for my daughter at the time, and uh, how can I live a legacy that I will be proud of And then, uh, you know, becoming a mother for the second time, I've got two children, a boy and a girl, and uh, I just felt very drawn to doing work that is, uh, that will have more meaning and it led me into coaching which then got me working with a lot of migrant women of color because that is how I identify as uh, having called Australia home for almost, for actually not almost, over 20 years and uh, seeing the mindset issues that we deal with and wanting to support them to unshackle that particularly in their corporate careers and that then um, kind of pivoting very much so around 2020 when there was the resurgence and the um, awareness around racial inequity following the public execution of George Floyd. And I saw a gap. I saw a gap in the coaching industry where there wasn't enough representation of people of color, but more so the lack of knowledge that there was around you know, race and matters to do with being equitable in business. And so um, Having my background in HR and having dealt a lot from a diversity and inclusion perspective, I was able to bring that expertise, but more so uh, from dealing with online business owners, coaches in particular, and teaching them how can they be, uh, how can they do better? Where are the areas where they um, are not aware of because a lot of people, a lot of people um, that I come across always think that they are so inclusive. They are like, oh, but I'm an inclusive person. I'm a good person. I volunteer. I support, you know, different charities and non-for-profits. I'm a good person. And the issue has never been whether you're a good person or not. Uh there's something called implicit biases. You know, we are unconscious of the things that we do, and it's because of how we've been brought up in the belief systems that we have. And so there are certain people, there are certain things that we uh, unconsciously treat in a different way. And it's getting to the bottom of that, which influences how we behave and how we do business And the people we end up attracting and serving. And so making people more aware of their implicit biases, which leads to prejudices and racism, um, how can they do better? And so that is kind of a long story cut, really, really short.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of people who are well-meaning and you know you hear i don't see color you know you heard that for a long time and the attention behind that was good right that people really were trying to say i don't think they were trying to say i don't see you which is really what was happening i think they were perhaps trying to say i'm not judging you by your color mm-hmm. or that's not the first thing i see or i see you as a person, but even well-intentioned, well-meaning approaches or sayings, you know, you have to re-examine them and think about, okay, well, what am I actually saying and what harm Mm -hmm. is it causing? So I hear what you're saying about, like, it's not a good or bad, it's just being aware and open to learning and being educated right? Mm -hmm. Around how can I, how can I see things differently? How can I say things differently? How can I Mm -hmm. view the world differently? How can I view myself differently? And, and just questioning I think is so important. So the work that you do is so important and so needed. I want you to help us define, you know, what is an ally and why are they so important for uh, people of color and for showing up?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, an ally uh, put quite simply is somebody who is in a position of privilege, a position of power, and they are able to advocate for others who have a marginalized identity. And the key thing is, even though it costs them their power, even though it costs them their privilege, that is what an ally is. It is standing in solidarity really, with those who have marginalized identity, especially when you realize that you have some form of power, some form of privilege and influence, which I think we all have to different degrees. But in particular, when it comes to matters of race, we know that, you know, um, the white race and white supremacy, you know, hierarchically uh, ranked is at the top. And so when you have that um, privilege and power that's been given to you, you know, um, whether you want it or not, it's being in that position. How can I use this to better the lives of those who do not have that privilege and that particular kind of influence and power? And I think the importance of allyship is because this is work that black, brown, indigenous, and people of color cannot do on their own. This is work that requires all of us to lock arms together and to bring down the the really inequitable systems that we have, systems that were not built by people of colour, systems that have been in place since, you know, time immemorial. And so it requires all of us to play a role. And the more of us that can do that, the The more we can begin to impact more lives, the more we can begin to educate our children and not just ourselves, but the future generations to know that, you know what, this is inequitable. This is not just, this is not right. And that is where allyship comes in. And in many times, in many ways, it begins to equalize the system. It begins to level the playing field when we have advocates, when we have allies who are speaking up against systems that are excluded. Exclusionary systems that are, um, you know, oppressing, and uh, allies play a significant role when it comes to the fight of, um, you know, racial justice.
0: And so, how can non people of color, um, how can they start to educate themselves and understand those barriers, those systems that are in place, and what their role can be? sometimes I find it frustrating with white friends who are just like, even don't really seem to see it as their responsibility. So I guess that's two part question. How can they educate themselves? And then how do you, I don't know if it's our responsibility to help them engage, um, but what do you do when you're just like, you see just a total lack of awareness, I guess, or, or even understanding that there needs to be an ed- education.
1: I, I think, um, you know, firstly is the awareness piece. You know, a lot of people just are not aware that they are, you know, excluding, they're not aware that they have the way of thinking that they have. And I think it's just the awareness and unpacking understanding, you know, um, when it comes to matters of race, how much do I know or how much am I assuming that I know? Because a lot of times, you know, going back to what we were talking about, asking, you know, telling somebody, I do not see color. And it's coming from a place of wanting to put the other person at ease and uh, making them feel like, you're no different from me. The intention may be good, As the person who is saying this to the other person, but you're not taking into consideration how might that other person feel. So when it comes to educating yourself on matters to do with race, it's trying to understand more about the other group, more about the other people. What is it? How has their experience been? Yes, I know um, I classify myself as a good person, I'm doing the right thing, but I'm curious, you've got to have a level of curiosity that wants you to know why is it so inequitable out there? I'm, Or maybe I'm a little bit ignorant, but I'm seeing a lot of things. There's a lot of um, news uh, stories that are breaking about police brutality, particularly there in the United States. Um, there's something that's not right, you know. Uh, begin to get curious and find out what Is it like for people of color and in particular, black people? What is their history? What is their story? And once you get curious enough to try and get to the bottom and find out, you know, that's how you begin to educate yourself. It starts from a place of curiosity. It starts from a place of, well, I think I know what I know, but what is their story? What is their lived experience? What's their history? And once you begin to get curious and educating yourself, really, I often say, Needs to come from a place of what do you? How do you consume content? If you're somebody who loves to listen to podcasts, then this is a good place to begin because then you can mix it up with the other kind of different genres of, um, that you listen to, um, business, uh, spirituality, whatever it is, you know, throw in a little bit of DEI in there so that you can begin to educate yourself. If you're somebody who loves to read books, start by reading a book. And the recommendations are, there's a plethora of of books out there that you can begin with. Um, You know, if it's documentaries, find the kind of content uh, that you like to consume that's easy for you Consume and start there for me. Podcasts are a big thing. I listen to podcasts every day, and so that's one of the ways that even I myself, as an educator, keep myself up to par and uh, in this work through the listening. And so that that's where it would begin, um Kristen. But it has to come from a place of curiosity because if you're just going about life and thinking that you know this doesn't affect you, it doesn't impact you, you know. Um, It's 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 living in a bubble because that's not how the world truly is. There are people who are really um oppressed, there are people who are really excluded, and we all can play a role in first educating ourselves and seeing what role can I play within my small unit. It may be just within my family, within my business. But what role can I play so that I can begin to dismantle the systems that are there that have been working against, you know, different groups?
0: Yeah, when you were talking about curiosity, I could hear in the second part of my question, I was essentially asking, how do you make people be curious? Which you Mm -hmm. can't do. Um, You know, you can't make people want to dig a little deeper or, you know, understand the world differently. But you're right. It starts there. Absolutely. And I think just to add on there, Kristen, you know, my work is
1: very much focused on online business owners. And so um, this is something that is front and center for them. You know, the awakening that happened back in 2020, people are very acutely aware that they are not inclusive. When it comes to when they look at their programs in their businesses, when they look at their clients, when they look at the people they are attracting. And so for me, when it comes to doing this work, the idea of them not knowing or having curiosity is not something that really comes to my, a lot of people are coming to me because they are like, I have a problem. Um. Uh, I am not attracting people of color into my business. I want to serve more people of color. My business doesn't feel racially equitable. What can I do? So I've never been in a situation where I'm trying to educate people who have no clue. I've never been in that situation. And I think um, that I don't feel called to do it in that way. I don't feel called to support people who, um, you know, feel that they're just okay and they're they're living in a bubble. I'm there for those who realize, hang on, something is not right. You cannot try and convince somebody who has no clue. So I'm not for that. I'm very niche. I'm very specific who I support. I'm very specific who um, I I know I can... uh, help. And so that's where it makes this work doable. Otherwise, if it was just open to every single person and just trying to get them to see how inequitable the world is, it would be a pretty tough role.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, you want people who are problem aware. And so you're not, you know, climbing that mountain of having to educate people from a totally misaligned place. So then the people who are curious, the people who I recognize that there's something off, um, they need to, you know, do some work. How do you help them have conversations around this topic, D and I, um, that doesn't center their experience over the, you know, lived experience of people of color. Hey friends! We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I wanted to let you know about the VIP intensive I offer once a month for the busy entrepreneur who wants to start a podcast. So if you know you have something to say that will inspire others, you want to reach new audiences, show up in a bigger way and make more money, I want to invite you to join me inside my VIP one day guided workshop where I'll walk you through creating all the elements of your fabulous podcast. You'll even write your first script and record your very first episode. So if you want accountability, guidance, and dedicated time to start your podcast, go to explorerandyou.com to sign up. Okay, my friend, back to the show.
1: A lot of the clients who come to me have that desire of wanting to understand the other side, of wanting to know the history. How did we get here? How how is it that i am the way i am how is it that when i look at my um network that i hardly have any people of color what how did i how did they get here and when we dig back and look back to where they lived where they grew up where they went to school you know if they were just surrounded by a lot of people who look and sound like them chances are you know uh unintentionally and unknowingly they have subscribe to one particular kind of narrative and so a lot of people by the time they're coming to work with me have that desire of wanting to understand the other side but also it is quite a balance of trying to um educate them without them bringing in that narrative. And this is why doing inclusion work is very much lifelong work. It's not work where you can do a course that is, you know, X amount of time and you feel like you've, you're you're done. This is ongoing work because of how we've been brought up. Even people of color have been brought up very much looking to whiteness as being the standard of all things. So for people of color, it's also a journey of unlearning that. It's a journey of seeing themselves in a a different way than than they've seen themselves or been taught to see themselves. And so it, it is not a linear journey where they, oh, I'm not centering myself anymore. I'm now learning how to look uh, th- through this lens of inclusion and, and, and do it in a way where I'm learning about this other person and centering them or doing it in an equitable way. It's it's a back and forth. It, it's a journey. It takes a lot of time. And you cannot erase who you are as a person, you cannot erase um, the identity that you, you have. And particularly when it comes to whiteness and that being the, you know, the standard in terms of how it has been portrayed and put out there. But what you can do is have the awareness. And when you have that awareness, is continually working at it and chipping at it one step at a time. And as we mentioned earlier, you know, having those resources where you're surrounding yourself with different voices and perspectives, it allows you to hear it from a different person. It allows you to appreciate it from um, a different perspective than you may normally see it from
0: what does your process look like when you work with these entrepreneurs who are raise their hand and say, "Hey, I want some you know education. I want to operate differently." Um, mm-hmm. What does that look like? And is there something that people can do? I know it's a lifelong thing, but is there something that people can do um, you know, tomorrow that would help them, you know, give them like a little win? Sure.
1: Um well I have a framework which I work under, which is the what I call the three A's of anti racism. And so there is the awareness stage. Um, there is the um activated stage. So once you're aware, you're like, I do have this um uh biases, I do have these prejudices, I, I stereotype people. Um, and uh it it is it is something that I would love to change because I'd love to be more inclusive and be an inclusive leader in my business or in my life. Um, and then you get into uh, the bit where you're now taking action, you're consuming content, you are educating yourself, you are involved in different you know, support groups and so on. You're in the activated stage. And then um, that eventually leads to allyship where this is, um, this is part of your life. This is how you operate, not not, not only just um, within your business, but within your networks. And how you do life is you are that ally. And so those are the three A's in which I operate under. And um, there are different ways with which I support my clients, but mainly it's through my course, Represented, which is a 10-week course where we unpack everything from defining uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, really doing a thorough introduction. Action into how, what is it? Um, how does it look like in your life? Um, what are the identities that you as a person focus on? And how has that then generated into the thought process and the person that you are? We then get into um, doing a personal and a business audit to really see. You know, um, where in the areas of your life and your business have you excluded without knowing? And then we get into conscious inclusion how can you be conscious about how inclusive you are being? And then finally, we finish with allyship and advocacy. And um, by the time we're getting to you know, allyship and advocacy, so much has unfolded, there's so much awareness. Because I think a lot of people come into this thinking, um, because I want to do this work, or uh, I've read a fair bit, and I know, um, I I feel like I know a fair bit, they come into this and go like, there's so much I still do not know, and really realize that this is lifelong work. So those are some of the tools and resources that I provide. And I think for anyone who is probably listening and they're like, what can I do now? What what step can I take? Um, uh, I have a quiz that helps you identify where you're at Um, on your journey, because sometimes it can be really overwhelming. You're wondering, I've been recommended books, I've been told to do this, but it really doesn't speak to where you're at on your individual journey, because we're all at different places. And so taking the quiz lets you self-identify and then gives you one one action that you can take for that next step, because sometimes I think people get overwhelmed. If you're given a list of resources that has 20 authors or 20 um, pieces tools to, to support you, it feels too much and you just put it in the too hard basket or you put it in the later basket, which you never quite get to until maybe another tragedy happens and you're like, oh my goodness, I never educated myself. I haven't done any work. Let me try and now scramble and get to that. But I think doing the quiz helps you know where you're at and what one step you
0: can then take to
1: begin your journey or continue your journey.
0: That sounds perfect. I love a quiz. I'm always (laughs) down to do a quiz. They're fun. And it sounds like this is going to get you that next step that um, I think those first steps, they're so important because that's where you build momentum. Right. And you you see, Oh, okay. I did that one thing. Now I can do the subsequent steps that I need to do doing this work. It can be really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And You know, being an ally can be scary. Do you have any tips for how to navigate that? Or do you have an example of how you helped maybe one of your clients?
1: This is work um, that can feel scary, is scary, and is uncomfortable. In fact, If you come into my container and you don't feel challenged or uncomfortable, I don't feel that's all I'm doing my work, because this is work that is really confronting, especially when we go to our past and understand what um, our ancestors went through or what they were put through. It is something that can be very traumatizing, to say the least. Um, But some of the ways to work through this is firstly understanding that when it comes to matters of racial inclusion and equity, there is no room for shame, judgment, and guilt, because as much as they do exist when it comes to this work, they do get in the way of doing the work. So it is really important and something that I encourage my clients is to, as much as possible, leave that at the door. If you come to the table of racial equity where we're having discussions of how we can be better human beings, we need to leave that at the door because it's going to get in the way of how we move and try and make progress. The other thing is the way in which I teach. My lens of teaching is very much through a calling in lens where, um, You know, it's how can I help you understand where you're at and where we would love you to get to uh, doing it with grace, doing it with kindness, doing it in love. Because I think a lot of times this work can come across as being um, a little bit aggressive, as being demanding uh, people do things in a certain way. And whilst I'm not saying that is a wrong approach, I think different educators have a different vibe and a different feel to how they bring um, this work uh, to their clients. And so for me, and particularly given my lived experience and even where I'm located in the world, that's the lens with which I teach. And I have found that that yields a lot more results for the work that I'm doing. I find that a lot of people... um, begin to enjoy the work. They don't see it as this work that is really um, difficult to do. Yes, it is, but the reward of doing it is so much greater than the fear. The fear becomes less and what the desire to do and be a better human becomes so much stronger and ignited than making a mistake. And also allowing my clients to come as they are, messy, um, without knowing much, and uh, asking questions that perhaps it might feel like, oh, this might be inappropriate because how do you learn unless you have the opportunity to ask questions? How do you learn unless you are not shamed? And so that is the kind of space that I've created. And in doing so, you know, there's a community of incredible, you know, uh, leaders who have come together, online business owners who have come together and they're supporting each other. They have community. They have each other. And um, they have, somebody who they can ask questions and guide them through, uh, particularly through uh, my program Represented, coming out on the other side and feeling like, wow, I I feel like a better human. But more importantly, I feel like this is work that is doable and it doesn't feel as difficult and as scary anymore because I've seen it, uh, it can be done differently.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you provide such a supportive space for people to do this difficult and I think I heard someone say once that fear and shame like those are the tools of the oppressor right and when you're in shame like nothing can come to light right nothing can come up and and be sort of exposed and then worked on and dismantled so yeah when
1: you are in shame mode and and brene brown talks about this a fair bit when you are in shame You cannot take accountability. When somebody is telling you, you've done this and you're a terrible person, and shame on you, it is so difficult for you to go, like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm terrible. I'm this. And yeah, shame on me. But when you are able to do it in a way that allows somebody to see it in a different light and take accountability for their mistakes, that's when the the journey begins. And so shame and fear are tools of the oppressor. They are tools to keep you where you are and not progress to the next level. And it's been used historically in different, um, you know, situations and particularly politically. We've seen it so much. So, um, yeah, and the same applies in this work of inclusion. There is no room for that
0: because once it checks in, it gets in the way. Absolutely. And I love how you're providing a very compassionate place, a very um... Empathetic and, you know, like you said, mentioned loving space um, to do this work because that's really important. It's really what's needed. So, before we end this conversation, which I've really enjoyed, I want to ask you our signature question What is your superpower?
1: I think my superpower is the ability to hold space for difficult conversations seeing the in particular the white women who come into my space and allowing them to work through their fragility allowing them to work through the guilt the shame allowing the tears and being able to hold that without it taking away from what needs to be done I think that is something that my clients have said back to me, Um, doing this work with grace, um, with kindness, with love.
0: I would have to say, yeah, that's,
1: I think, my superpower.
0: That is indeed a superpower because it's not easy to hold space for all of that. That's a lot, to hold space with a lot going on. And to be able to do that for others. And offer the grace and the support and just the space um, is hugely, I think, a very special gift. And we need more people like you in the world. So, and I'm so glad that, you know, we could have you on and you can share and talk about the really important work that you're doing. Please let people know how they can find out more about you, how they can connect with you outside of this podcast. Sure. Um, The best place to find me is on Instagram.
1: My handle is Annie.Gishuru, G-I-C-H-U-R-U. That is where I spend a lot of time educating, sharing a lot of lessons. um, And it's just a great place to um, get everything, all the tools that I'm sharing and as well find the link to the quiz and find out more about represented and just um, begin or continue your journey of understanding racial inclusion.
0: I have to say Instagram is how I found Annie (laughs) and her content is really fantastic for this kind of work. You know, she always posts things that are very educational, informative. Um, Go ahead and check her out over on Instagram. And Annie, thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for having me, Kristen. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. So if you found this episode really valuable, I'd love for you to head on over to Instagram and share your big takeaways, any aha moments that you had and tag me at podcast and amplify. If you have any questions, make sure to hit me up in the DMs. And if you have any friends or fellow entrepreneurs who you think would get a ton of value from the show, make sure to share this episode with them. Your recommendations and your reviews are really what helped grow this podcast. And we are always so grateful for your support. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.